morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is joining us. Andrew Cashflow, also known as the Cashflow King. And Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, is here today. So I am very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how several renowned Ripple executives are predicting massive growth for crypto in 2023, claiming that NFTs and central bank digital currencies will take center stage. Flare Networks has been called out for misleading the XRP community by Ripple CTO David Schwartz, while Amazon Web Services has chosen to build on the Avalanche Network, bringing this blockchain to over 150 countries worldwide. JP Morgan could be using Ethereum to build a digital dollar, while Gary Gensler was speaking to the US Army yesterday, telling the backbone of our nation, 99% of crypto will fail. And with the XRP buyback being discussed on Twitter, we break down the details, preparing our listeners for all case scenarios when it comes to the XRP lawsuit. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we got a lot of introductions to get to, my friend, but are you wearing your Merlin gear? I can't tell. And how are you feeling? Well, first of all, I always get excited when we get to the live part. No, today we got to get our shit together. You know, today's today's the launch day, so I put the get get our shit together day as we get excited and we launch um, the uh, launch today. So anyway, I'm super excited. We got a lot of intro, so I'm not going to take up too much time. I'll just say good morning to all the war maniacs out there. Love you guys. Appreciate you. And it's great to see so many beautiful faces here today on the show with us. Gonzo, I'm very excited to have you in for today's episode because we're going to be talking about how JP Morgan could be using Ethereum to create a digital dollar and maybe why that is a terrible idea. But before we get into it, let's how are you feeling this morning and thanks for being here. I'm feeling great. Uh, yesterday was a great day. Got to be on the show with Coach JV and then we went on the non-fungible show. So it was a really, really good day. Um, I think it's going to be another great show. So thanks for everyone being here. Uh, you know, we got uh, the market is probably looking really green right now. We got the CPI data that came in. It came in at 6.5, what they expected. Uh, but, you know, for Bitcoin, we are coming up to major resistance. It's like at 18.3 or 4. So we'll see how uh, it reacts if it uh, breaks through or it rolls over. Andrew Cashler, you're going to be excited for today's episode because we are not talking about Logan Paul. And I made sure to put that article till tomorrow. No, I'm only kidding, my friend. But thank you for being here. And how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, uh, it's uh, terrible weather here again in the Netherlands. 5, uh, 5 p.m. dark already. But, uh, you know, we have we see positive moves in the in the crypto markets. The 10-year yield is going down and that gives it gives a positive uh, drive uh, to our assets. So, uh, yeah, looking good. Are we there already with, uh, with the beer marks? I'm not too sure, but I will uh, tell us uh, something about it uh, later. Thank you, Andrew and Jackie. We always say best for last. And your background, it's definitely the best on the show today. Thank you for being here. And how are you feeling, Jackie? Abs, you know my favorite on the team. No. <laughs> I switch that spot up like every week whenever we have team meetings. I'm like, you know my favorite, Andrew. <laughs> um, guys, I have to point out Dynamite in the chat. He said, can't wait to be earning with Merlin. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. He said he's going to coin it. So don't touch that phrase. I'm I'm gonna stick up for you, Dynamite. I like that. <laughs> Earn in with Merlin. That's actually pretty. That's impressive. That's, that's creative. Good, good job. I like good. that. 
Awesome, like guys. That. And we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Crypto Fear and Greed Index is up four points, Johnny Crypto, in moderate fear at a 30 this morning. But let's check out some of the daily movers because we've got some exciting news to share. AVAX has officially partnered with Amazon Web Services, and we're going to break that down later in the episode. But AVAX is getting a 20% pump on the day. Flare Networks is down about 10%. Flow Blockchain is up 16 Johnny Crypto or Gonzo, do you guys have any comments on the daily movers? Looks like we got a lot of green today, but again... I don't, I can't, I can't get excited for any movement right now, right? At the end of the day, we're sitting here, at least I am, and I think the majority of us, we're waiting for the next bull run. And we all know it ain't happened tomorrow. It ain't happening next week. It ain't happening next month. It's probably a year to a year and a half away. So to be honest with you, Abs, this is all chatter and fitter fodder until, if that's even a word, until we get to next year. For me, this is just, you know, little noise on the road, little bumps in the road, but we're going sideways for a while. And I just, to be honest, with you, I don't like green days. I don't like green days around. Because even in the bear market, I don't like green days. I don't like green days because I buy and I got to buy in the red days. I like in the bear market, DCA, you got to be buying on red days, not green. I don't want to see green. No green right now. If you're going to give me green, I want to see yeah. green all the way to like 300, 700%. And we know that ain't coming from. You know what I realized? And I realized this in the drive in today. And I think Johnny's in the same boat as me is you know how like uh, as investors or even if you're a trader, you have certain tendencies. Some people are very bullish and some people are very bearish. I think that Johnny and I are, are bearish. I think that that's where we lean bearish because we get excited in the red days and when things are down. But when things are going up, we don't get excited. So I think that's where our tendency leans. I was thinking- Gonzo, you call it bearish, I call it experienced. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but yeah, but you know, you know what I did notice though about, uh, uh, we'll talk about AVAX and what my idea is with AVAX, but there, there's a, something that I noticed though, that could be telling us that, Hey, you know, we're, we're moving out of kind of this bottom, you know, how like in the depths of a bear market, when you get good news, we don't get any price movement. Uh, we've now seen that twice, right? We saw Gala with the, uh, announcement of Dwayne, the rock, and Marky Mal, uh, Marky, uh, I was gonna say Marky Mark, but Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> right? If you if you remember uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, he used to be a rapper before he was a movie star. For those of you that are old enough to see that, but we got some significant price movement, right? And then they removed the tweet, and then we got a correction. Same thing with Avax. We had the news with AWS and the partnership, and we got price movement. So that's something that's different now, right? That we didn't see in the depths of the bear market. So I think that just kind of signals us that uh, now we're kind of getting into a phase to where when we have good news, we might get some uh, positive price action, something to keep an eye on. And that would be a great change for the market overall. And Mentelect had a positive comment here. He said the next bull run could come sooner if the utility run starts and Ripple Center, uh, sorry, Ripple executives were sharing that same sentiment earlier this week, but we'll dive into that later on. The total coin market cap today is sitting at $880 billion this morning. Bitcoin is 39% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 18,100 and some big green candles came in on the day up over 4% on the 24 hour and 7% on the seven day. Ethereum is 1400. XRP is 37 cents. We've got Cardano at 32. AVAX is a big daily mover up 27% on the seven day and 20% on the 24 hour chart sitting at $15 and Quant Network is trading steady at 120. Jackie and Andrew I'd love to get some of your comments before we dive into our articles. What are you keeping an eye on, Jackie? And how do you feel about AVAX partnering with Amazon Web Services? Me first? 
Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, I, I I like seeing flow up there. That's kind of a positive sentiment. I mean, I don't like seeing green, you know, in the midst of a bear market either, you know, because we were we were accumulating flow at some pretty low prices. Gonzo, Gonzo and I talked about that one. That's a big project we have our eyes on. But other than that, you know, I'm still kind of sticking to my plan. Thank you, Andrew. You have the open floor and then we'll dive into our articles. Okay, um, let, let me say something about the euphoria we have currently, because it's, it's only a smaller euphoria, because everything's going a little bit up. I have, I've been thinking, uh, how will 2023 go? And I think there are three major risks for 2023. The first risk is the uh, G, GBTC. That's the, that, that's the, uh, the future for, uh, owned by, by Grayscale. Uh, it's now trading 50% lower than, 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 than Bitcoin is at the moment. Because yeah. you can also not convert it. So if that goes bust or bankrupt, um, things will happen. The second is Mount Gox. I mean, people are already waiting for 10 years for their coins. If these coins will come free in 2023, it will give enormous selling pressure because those people are bought it for pennies on the dollar i think so that will this can be a next a very negative sign for uh, for for bitcoin and then last but not least that is binance and usd uh, usdt you know there is a much uh, negative stories uh binance is also sometimes yeah pulled into negative stories if it is true or not i don't know however we have also usdt which also has negative stories. So what will happen? And I'm also thinking based on the on the halving, which is uh, yeah planned for April. Um, is it is it yeah when when will those um, events happen? And I wouldn't wonder me if some stuff will be registered from from central uh, uh, entities to to make more pressure and make the fear and the and the and the blood even. Yeah, Johnny, for you, better in the in the crypto uh, in the crypto sphere. So, yeah. are we there yet in 2023? I'm not so sure. It's yeah. hard to tell, but one of the indicators we can use, Johnny Crypto, is Jim Cramer says the charts suggest the market could rally in the next couple of months, and that's the most bearish indicator I've seen throughout this entire bear market. We got 262 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're new to the show, we do the opposite of what Jim Cramer tells us here because that's the best way to succeed in this market. We're going to start to show off with a pretty unique video here from John Deaton breaking down the possibilities of what could happen if Ripple actually loses the lawsuit. And Johnny Crypto, I think you're going to find this one interesting. So we're going to go right to you. Here we go. I think Ripple, what we have to do is look at a couple of things. One is, I, I don't defend Ripple. And no, I, not, not at all. No, no, I, I don't. And, but I do defend facts, right? My whole, if anybody knows me and has followed me, I'm all about the facts and the truth. It's all I care about. And so sometimes people think I'm defending Ripple when I simply state the fact. And the fact is, they were investigated for 30 months in a lawsuit. 
lawsuit was filed, if they, if the SEC would have found any fraud, they would have alleged it. I'm a former federal prosecutor. And if you're going to prosecute this company that has hundreds of millions of dollars, a billion dollars treasury in cash, and then they have billions of this asset called XRP that's worth on paper at that moment in time, worth 15, 16 billion dollars, then, and I'm going to go after that company that can afford the best lawyers in the world. If I can allege fraud as a leverage, right? I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to like bring them to their knees. You were fraudulent on this day and that day. And so they did, which meant to me, there is no fraud. There is no misrepresentation. It would have been alleged. So that's what I'll say about Ripple. I think they're going to be fine, right? Because this is a non-fraud case. In Brad Garlinghouse's words, they are operating as though they've lost. And so they've had a 800% increase in ODL or this or that. It's why I got involved, Ray. Ripple's going to be fine. If XRP is deemed a security, then it's going to affect, you know, the U.S. corridor and, and all of that. But they're, they're going to be able to survive as a company, right? So, Johnny, what I took away from this is if Ripple is deemed a security, that's more detrimental to the United States than it actually is to Ripple, the company, or XRP, the blockchain. He also makes a great point at the end of this video. Let's say it was deemed a security. That means they can still sell to accredited investors in the United States, regardless of what the SEC justifies. So it's not like this market's going to completely dry up. And we're going to bring up some details about the possibility of an XRP buyback later in the episode. But I'd love for you to make some statements about what John Deaton said. Number one, he said if they were alleged for fraud, they would have, sorry, if they had committed fraud, that would have been filed within the lawsuit. And that was not filed by the SEC after 30 months of investigation. That's the biggest point I took away. What stuck out to you? We're not talking about a fraud case here, right? We, we know what the case is all about. And the reality is, if it is deemed a security, that is going to hurt the ability for XRP to be used as cross-border payments in the U.S. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. But it's not, because remember, it's designed to be, um, you know, a remittance currency or a, a um, so to be able to handle that. So it, it, I, it adds complexity. Okay, I don't know the exact details. I'm not going to lie here and say here and tell you I know. All I know is that it is going to make it more complex. For the rest of the world, no. The rest of the world doesn't give a shit. They don't even care. It's not, it's not under a lawsuit in the rest of the world. They're already using it the way it's intended to be used as a technology to improve efficiency and remove friction from the system, right? So that's not going to change for the rest of the world. But in the U.S., there's no doubt about it with all the rules and security exchange uh, issues we have in here. I do believe it will hinder the adoption of XRP potentially in the U.S. and those systems. And, you know, and speaking to our source, what we learned is at the end of the day, Ripple's really more about trying to promote crypto as a whole. So I personally don't, while yes, Ripple wants XRP to succeed, of course, I think they want to see the entire crypto market survive because that's what their businesses are going to be derived <laughs> off of. And so they will be working to push where they can XRP, I think, throughout the world. And if, hey, if it can't happen in the U.S., in the U.S., so be it. It has to be a different technology or a different uh, exchange currency in the RippleNet systems in the U.S. That, that it's designed to do that. And that's, that's what might happen is you may see XRP used in the rest of the world and then maybe in the U.S. something different. So I don't think it'll hurt it in the long run, but it certainly will definitely slow down its adoption, I think, in the U.S. if it's deemed a security, which, by the way, I don't think is going to happen. I'll just jump in really quick, kind of to support what uh, Johnny was saying. Um, we have some contacts 
that are that currently work in Ripple right now. Um, I'm not going to say anything about that, but and guys, they're they're not allowed to say certain things. You know, this is this is something that's in, but they are fighting for what they are allowed to say. And just like Johnny said, you know, and just like Deaton just said, you know, they're going to be fine even if this doesn't go their way um, exactly in the courts. But that's you know. We've have some contacts within um, Ripple, and you know that's what they say. Just continue doing what you're doing, and you're on the right track. And and so that just brings a lot of comfort that it just like you said, they're building as if as if they are, um, you know, as if they lost the case, and if they, yeah, as if they have been deemed a security. So take comfort in that, and then, yeah, just continue to see what they are doing. They are, you know, they're making waves in the space right now. So, Johnny, and I'd love to just on that conversation before we kick it to Gonzo and Andrew, you referenced something which is a lot of the Ripple employees are not proponents of just the XRP or the XRPL. They're actually proponents of cryptocurrency and they believe that when people move into this market, they're going to move into the best product, which is inevitably XRP and the XRPL. So it's a caveat, right? They are promoting the whole industry, but they believe that they have the best product in the industry and that's why the large banks are going to be using the XRPL to transfer that liquidity. I'd love to get some thoughts from Gonzo and Cashflow as well. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think the story highlights kind of a, a bigger issue that we have in this country, and that's the accredited investor rules, right? You need to have uh, uh, $250,000 in yearly income if you're single, three hundred dollars as a married couple, or you need a million dollars in assets, and that doesn't include the house that you live in. Um, and so if it was to be deemed a security, I think the U.S. would fall back on that, right? Like you, you could only be an accredited investor to um, – to invest in XRP. And that's sad because I think that's what we need to change, right? Um, I know that California is looking at legislation to kind of change that to where um, you would just take some kind of test. And if you can show that you can pass the test, you get your um, accreditation, right? Because just because somebody has money doesn't mean that they're a better investor than someone that doesn't make $250,000 a year, right? It's all about you putting in the time and the research uh, and looking at what you're going to invest in and what kind of investor you are. So I, I think it just goes to a bigger problem that we have in this country. And then, you know, but hopefully, you know, we can change that so that um, so that everyone could uh, have the opportunity to be an accredited investor. And it has nothing to do with the amount of money you make, because we can all take certain percentages of our income, regardless of what that is, and put them into assets to invest, whether that's stock, crypto, gold, whatever that is, um, you know, you should all have the right to do that. Andrew, and I'm showing an illustration right now of the global asset universe that currently exists today. And I think it just goes to show how small many of these asset classes are. Bitcoin is only 0.37 trillion and the real estate market as a whole is over $258 trillion. And I'm sure the number is actually larger, but Andrew, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. We understand how early we are in this market. And I think there's that's why there's so much confusion. We're about to show you an article later in the episode of Gary Gensler telling the U.S. Army to stay away from crypto because 99% will fail. That's just a play on work, my friend. But we got 301 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew, I'd love to get your thoughts. What do you think about John Deaton's statements claiming that if Ripple had been accused of fraud, it'd be in this lawsuit? Um, yeah, of course. If you are uh, uh, trying to, to put uh, Ripple in a bad daylight, of course, you would pull everything to it and, and make it the, the case as, as, as worse as possible. Of course, uh, that, that's logical, but it doesn't. It doesn't also. It, it does also say that if they need two years of investigation or thirty months, 
and they still don't come up with with with, with a real case so so what's happening there and by the way if we go back to the, the diagram from you with with the with the, with the uh, with the bitcoin and the and the other stuff i mean if you keep in mind that actually we are currently tokenizing the whole world and everything should come either uh, or, or one way or the other into a, a, a crypto or an nft or or whatever do you have any idea how much this you only see here bitcoin but how much the cryptocurrency market still needs to grow to to tokenize all these other assets and all these other functionalities that will become so that also means we are so early in the space and uh may, maybe to uh to, to finalize my thoughts about uh, about that xrp what i don't understand the whole world is able to buy xrp everywhere on all exchanges except in the us so uh sometimes i don't crazy. understand crazy thank you gary gensler johnny did you have a comment there i didn't want to cut you off no i think it's just crazy you got andrew's right at the end of the so, day andrew because you're at the top of the screen, I wanted to get your brief comments. Johnny, we brought this up yesterday, but Andrew, this year there's going to be a meeting in Davos and there's going to be over 600 CEOs attending and 52 heads of state and government will be attending the World Economic Forum's meeting in Davos where they're going to talk about number one overall, climate change. An interesting detail about this meeting we found out on air yesterday is that there's going to be over 1,500 private jets for each one of these political heads of state flying in from all around the world, but they are telling people to stop eating chicken because that's detrimental to the environment. So I just wanted to get some quick comments. We didn't have you on the show yesterday. What do you think about 1,500 private jets flying into the Davos meeting? You know, I, I can tell you, I totally uh, see it happening because I live here near uh, airport Rotterdam and um, the, the amount of private jets is, is in increasingly every day, also because of the pandemic. So it doesn't bother me. If you have enough money, you know, you will hire your private jet. However, it's very annoying that you see also members of the Green Party, because also we have a Green Party here in the Netherlands, and several of them, they really embrace the whole, uh, 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 the, the, the cold, cold dioxide uh, uh, stuff. Uh, you know, they all, they, they all fly with, with those jets. So what, what are they, you know, you have to ask yourself the question, what are we really watching here? Are we watching here uh, protection for climate or controlling the people? That's, Up to you, uh, Epps. That's what I was going to say. Like, where's the gas fee on that? <laughs> and you know what's unbelievable, Gonzo? I want to get some comments here before we kick it back into our crypto articles. We're about to show our listeners a video of Ripple, some of the leaders at their company claiming that crypto spring could be on the horizon in 2023. And they're actually anticipating that NFTs and central bank digital currencies could take center stage. But I wanted to get your take on this. Electric vehicles are being pushed as the savior for the environment. But anybody who saw the latest Joe Rogan documentary or Joe Rogan podcast knows that those cobalt vines, ones that they're mining to create those batteries, are the worst mines on the planet when it comes to being detrimental to the environment. So it's a weird conflicting narrative. And, and Andrew makes some great points. Every time that they're using carbon credits and the environment as an excuse we seem to lose a little bit of freedom. We seem to lose a little bit of control. And although they're demonizing carbon credits right now, clearly they're not afraid to use gas and they're not afraid to use carbon. So I just want to get some brief thoughts from you. What do you take from all this news? 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're 100% right, Abs. Like when you look into like how those batteries are made and the toxicity to the environment, that's the real issue. The other thing with electric cars is um, it's the, the, the electric grid is not set up for that, right? It's very old and archaic, right? And so if today or let's say tomorrow everybody got an electric car and they went to plug it in, they would crash the electrical grid, right? There's not enough to support um, all electric cars. So it's more of anything else, it's a narrative, which is really funny because they, they, they come after Bitcoin about how much, uh, you know, the whole energy thing that it uses all this energy. But when you look at these kind of mining companies and what they do, they actually go into an area or a city and they upgrade the electrical grid around them, right? They make it more efficient because they need to be more efficient so that they can make money. So when you check like these cities or these areas, that these mining companies come to, they actually put money into upgrading the electrical grid around them. And it's actually a good thing. So it's really funny when you look at these different types of narratives, um, but, but, but you're right, you know, the electrical car thing, those batteries are more toxic to the environment than anything else. Yes, thank you guys. And we got 326 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. I don't know what's going on in the live chat. We do have a special guest. Is he coming on? I'm not sure. I'm going to dive into our articles and then maybe we'll bring on our special guest. I'm not sure. Ripple predicts crypto spring on the horizon for the digital asset industry in 2023. And some of the largest names in the Ripple company are predicting that NFTs and central bank digital currencies could take center stage. Johnny Crypto, I just saw you back on the air. I wanted to get your comments before we dive into this article. What did you think about the Davos meetings? Did you have any closing remarks before we kick it into this Ripple News? Well, you know, I just just to refresh all our just to refresh all of our our users here in terms of what we're talking about. You know, this whole thing of the uh, the concept of Bitcoin taking a lot of power consumption. Look at the banking system, right? Look at what that actually takes and draws compared to Bitcoin. There's not even a comparison here, Abs. And what's really laughable, and you won't remember this because you were in diapers, but when Al Gore was going around and he was pushing for talking about this whole global warming thing and how everything draws all this power into that, they actually, someone did an example of how much carbon footprint he produced from his j- private jet plane and all the lights in his house. And it was hilarious. I was off the charts. If you can ever go back and take a look at that. So this whole thing, this whole thing about carbon credits, in my opinion, you hear a lot of people talk, is a scam. The, the, the earth gets warm and the earth gets cold. It's been happening for over 10,000 years. And humans aren't really affecting it that much like they want you to believe. But the reality is it's coming. It's a, it's a, it's a form of control uh, or a tag, more, more like a taxation on businesses, unfortunately, Abs. And, and that's the last thing we need right now is more taxation on businesses in a situation where we have a recession that's coming. Because uh, taxation on businesses means if a business has to pay more taxes than the government, guess what? They can't give it to the employees, right? So that leads into job layoffs and things like that. So in the future, yeah, man, not so great. Not a big fan of this whole carbon thing at all, but there ain't no way to stop that train. How, how do you think, Johnny, how they, how Jerome uh, Powell needs to stop inflation? Push people out of their jobs. That's then, one way. That's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's what's happening. I mean, as soon as they have no job anymore, they can't spend anymore. Then right. you get overproduction and, and prices will come Supply. down. Man, that, you're, you're right. But and that's exactly what Jerome Powell wants. But that's wants. a bad thing, Andrew, because think about what that means. That means people are on the street. People lose their houses. People living in tents. It's a, it's a very, very no, ugly They don't care. Oh, I know. 
I know they don't care. I'm, we care. We care about the people, yeah. right? That's the difference. Uh, they, they, you're right. You're right, Andrew. That's unfortunate. Johnny, I'd like to get some comments on these CPI numbers as well, since we're on this article. And then we're going to break down a Twitter thread from David Schwartz criticizing Flair Network and the incentives they put in to get people to hold their tokens. But Andrew, what do you think about the consumer price index slipped a tenth of a percentage in December? And on an annual basis, the CPI was higher by 6.5%, which was in line from expectations and down from 7.1% earlier this month. For me, as a person in my 20s, these numbers still seem extremely high. Throughout my life, throughout my teenage years, I felt like 2 to 4% was the standard, and now it seems like 6 to 8% is the new standard. What do you think about these inflation numbers and how they're going to affect the markets, Andrew? You, you ain't seen nothing yet. I mean, if we see an inflation in the Netherlands for a 10 12% the last couple of months, it's, it's insane. And so... Yeah, it, it will go on and on. And I, I can imagine that, uh, yeah, inflation must go down. I just said about uh, one way how you can do it. And I feel really sorry for the people. But, you know, become aware of what's happening and prepare yourself. That's what I can say to uh, to the people. So Thank you, Andrew. Sorry about that. I got stuck in the mute button. We got 327 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny Crypto, you're going to like this Twitter thread here because David Schwartz shared some similar sentiment to you when it comes to Flare Networks and what they were built to do and as to what they were advertising. The current Flare Holdings uh, holding rules for subsequent airdrops leaves absolutely no incentive not to sell your Flare. You might lose nothing if you sell your Flare now. While it's true that you won't get the subsequent airdrops, you do not lose them. You get 100% of their value when you sell your flare since the buyer can wrap that flare and get the airdrops. This seems like a very strange decision to me. Honestly, the only way I can explain it is that they simply didn't want to keep their commitment. Instead, they wanted to give only 15% of what they promised. I want to be wrong, but I don't see how. I feel bad saying this. I love the project and I want the best for it. I want to believe the best about it. But my honest opinion is they leveraged the XRP community to grow, weakened their promises drastically when they felt they didn't need them anymore. With that said, that does not mean that they're dishonest and it, or make their project a bad one. XRP evolved and didn't keep some promises made in the early days. We can love Flare and love XRP too. It's not one or the other but I don't have happy, fuzzy feelings about how this whole ordeal went down. Johnny Crypto, we got a response from the CEO of Flare, but that is some bold statements. You don't mess with David Schwartz. This is one of the smartest men on the planet. What does it mean to you? Well, actually, scroll down. I want to see I, I want to see more. What did Hugo say? Can I'm out of breath here, Johnny. I got to get a sip of water. All right, all right. You get the sip of water, but you got to I can say something. Said. But uh, yeah, let's see here. We have been coming. Oh, okay. So, um. You know, Abs, this is something that I think I talked about here on this show. At the end of the day, it, it, it always comes down. No matter what project we're ever talking about. Hi, Gonzo. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. No matter yeah. what project we ever talk about, it's always, always, always about value. That's it, right? Now, what value is there in somebody giving you something for free? You know, air, airdrops. And Andrew knows this, right? You get airdrops. And if you know people are gonna, if it's free money, people are gonna take it. And obviously, there has to be what Andrew just talked about supply and demand. There has to be enough demand for a product to hold that price up. Well, guess what? You all saw how much demand. I wish I had the price chart of it. I don't have it up right now. If you saw the price chart of Flare apps, that so much dropped like a rock, like a hot potato. Nobody wanted to touch that thing, right? That tells me there's literally no value in the product per se 
you know, until it got to about two cents. That's where the value was, where people felt it was worth something. So David's right. You know, if you're going to put something out there and the people can't understand the value of it, then, you know, you're going to you're going to pay the price for it. And that's what's different when you think about like X royalty. Right. As we as we launch that, when that gets out, there, there's value. We showed you yesterday the different tiers. You decide the value and what makes sense to you and what you want. It's all about values of, 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 of any kind of product. It doesn't have to be this, but any project. And you just clearly saw in my opinion. I've always questioned Flair. I always wondered, you know, you know, is it, you know, but he nailed it, right? I didn't think about it until he said it. Flair took advantage of the XRP community and now they just got, they got burned for it. I mean, take if advantage I, of a very strong word. Don's, I'm kick it right to you actually. Floor is yours. No, I'm just going to say, I, I think we're getting mixed up or we're getting wrapped up in price action, right? And what the market in the short term feels the value is. Now I'm not part of the airdrop, right? And so I've been waiting for the floor so I can invest because I believe that the technology is way different than what we're talking about with the price action. When you look at what Flare does, where it brings smart contracts to the XRPL, not just the XRPL, but it brings smart contracts to any blockchain that doesn't have smart contracts, right? There, we know that when we have hacks, it always happens in the bridge, right? That's where it happens. They have a very unique technology that's called layer cake that connects blockchains that so far is super, super secure. We have to wait to see how that plays out. But for me, I'm willing to take a bet on Flair for the long term because of the technology, right? I'm going to wait for the technology to catch up to tell us what the actual value of the project is. Uh, but I understand why people sold, right? Think about in like what economic times are on. People need money. Maybe they want to roll that money into something else. So, of course, people always sell when they get those airdrops. But don't get it confused with the actual technology and what Flare actually does or what it accomplishes. Yeah. Hey, um, I agree with you, by the way. Long term, I believe there's value. Short term, we saw not much. Hey, Abs, we have breaking, breaking news here on the station. So I'm going to bring our man Jeremy into the show and kick it over to him because uh, we have some breaking news here, folks, coming live from the headquarters or offices of 3T Academy out of Arizona. Oh, my gosh, Warriors! I am so excited um, to do this announcement. So I'm going to read this announcement, and then I'm going to let you guys ask me some questions in regards to this announcement. If you were part of X Royalty or in our Discord or part of our community or waiting on Rex X Royalty, yesterday you got some disappointing news that we had to push it back because of a te technical issue. It was supposed to go live yesterday um, at 4.44 p.m. and we announced that it would be going live at 4.44 um, p.m. Eastern today. So unfortunately, we got notification this morning that the scanners picked up the 3T collection and automatically listed it which is something that we did not foresee happening. We did not know that that would even happen or be able to happen on XRPL. So we woke up this morning and the actual um, NFTs, even though you couldn't mint them on our website, were available on open markets. And so unfortunately, we did not foresee this happening. And somehow the collection, it went live on that market and on a, another marketplace. After we talked to the team um, early this morning, we realized there was no solid way of stopping the collection from being available. So we have to just push the people to the marketplace to buy the collection. So additionally, because there was a random sort feature that was built into our website 
that does not work on XRP Cafe. It made the four rare NFTs available for sale to the public, not at random. So we went, we were able to buy three of the four of those um, rare NFTs. We are scrapping the utilities of the four of them and finding a way to raffle them and their utilities back into the community. So additionally, a how-to video will be posted monetarily, momentarily on how to mint on the XRP Cafe and to buy it. So I need everybody who wants to buy it. You're not going to go to this website. You're going to go to XRP Cafe. I have the website available for you to see. Um, it should be showing right now. It's going to be xrp.cafe forward slash collection forward slash X royalty. If you are an Academy member that has an X gen token or you are an X gen token holder and you met their requirement and their tier, you should have been notified in their discord that this was available. And so purchases have already started to happen. All of those purchases are available here at the xrp.cafe forward slash collection forward slash X royalty. And again, again, from 3T Warrior Academy, we apologize. We were trying to do the raffling piece of it for through the minting. We're unable to do it because of this unforeseen thing. That's a, a situation that we actually have been talking with XRP Cafe this morning. This isn't supposed to happen. It wasn't supposed to be on any open marketplace. Unforeseen, a situation that XRPL will probably be working on and some of the open markets will be working on. Um, so that being said, for any of the team members here, do you have any questions for me or for Jackie um, in regards to X royalty? And then we can open up for comments as well. So Jeremy, I, I have a question. So it so it automatically lists like the whole collection on their on their website. And yep. is it so like what, this is what happened. How does that work? Yep. So this is what happened. So essentially, hopefully you guys can hear me. It looks like my internet's lagging a tad bit, um, but. Yeah. Essentially, what happened was when, when there was an individual who follows us, so greatly appreciate this individual that's involved with XRP Cafe, he saw that we had to push it back. And so he took the scan and pushed it up onto XRP Cafe without our knowledge. And when that scan took place and was able to do it, it showed because all of the NFTs were minted ready for the mint. So all of them were minted on the XRPL so that people could go in and mint them. And so when he did that, it put out the entire collection. And so the whole collection is available for you to see. So that part of it's not going to be random. It's going to be first come, first serve to go onto XRP Cafe and purchase them. Okay. Which is the reason why we were only to recoup three of the four rares and why we're changing the way in which the rares work because of the fact that one of them got bought. So, Jeremy, I'm just sharing the screen here. This is the uh, location, yep. correct? This is the website, folks. That is it. it. Looks. You come up yep. here and connect your wallet and you can go. Uh, um, awesome. Well, Jeremy, obviously the universe has decided this way it's going to go and that's okay. Everything's good. Everybody's healthy. That's what's important. Guys, it's available. Go, go get it. It's out. available. Go right now, My apology again from three, two, our cat. We're, we're committed to making this right, obviously. Um, and moving forward with it, we weren't going to, there was other options available to us, but we weren't going to be going back on what we had said on it releasing today. And we're not going to go back on trying to make this the best utility NFT possible. Unfortunately, on this time, John is on another call handling the situation or CJV would have been able to do this. He's working on that call. I'm working on this call to announce this. Um, and so Aaron, um, who works with Collecti, myself and Brenda wrote the announcement and it's going out everywhere so that we can go and get this. So go and 
buy your heart out of the NFTs and become part of the community, get the utility, and we will work to uh, make this the best NFT project. Hey, Jeremy, I just want to say one thing. It's at times like this, you know, when, when crap goes down, it's not that something went down, it's how you handle it. And, and, yep. and as you see in the Academy, we always handle things with truth, honesty, integrity. You got the whole entire story right from the horse's mouth of exactly what happened with all the details. And to me, that's the kind of thing, again, this is the kind of thing with companies and when you're getting and investing in something, you wanna make sure you're investing in something that operates with, with that level of honesty, integrity. So thanks for sharing all the details with the yep. with the team and to me that's that gives me more confidence in a project when i get the truth right from the horse's mouth so that thank was you johnny i appreciate that yeah that was one of the things we weren't gonna you know um one of the things that's super important to us if you know uh, and all, all of you know us but for the community that is either new to this community or a part of this community already anything that happens we were going we're going to be transparent with people because as we've always said from the beginning it's about the community and i mean all of these people are sitting right here today in front of you on this show because of community because mm -hmm. of how they came how we all came together and how we built things together and how we move forward together so we my commitment is to always be transparent and honest with everybody um, and that's what we're doing so um, it is live it is open you're going to go to XRP cafe if you're in the discord or in my team networks you can go there if you're open to the public hopefully you should have already been in discord and you'll be getting the the, the link and the how to do it on the the website um, and we will and keep an eye on coach JV's um, TikToks and on um, uh, the YouTube, he'll be posting things throughout the day in regards to it as well. Um, and then also make sure that you're on the Twitter too. So yeah. Does anybody in the audience have a question? If anybody wants to field some questions from, uh, from, from the audience. Yeah. I've been going through the chat. Hey guys, have any questions put in the chat? We'd be happy to answer. Jeremy. So, uh, will they be adding like some of the, not rarities, but some of the utilities like after the fact now, so that people can yeah, still so buy some of the ones that maybe the marketplace doesn't seem as rare. You know what I mean? Cause, cause as, after we sell a certain amount of them, uh, are they going to, are you guys going to be able to add value to those ones that are uh, maybe um, ranked as high by that marketplace? Yeah. So, so all of the utility and, and the raffling, all of that's still going to be based off of the tier system. So the fact that they're known, isn't really that, the fact that you can see them and know what they are is not really going to affect the, all of the, the the overall utility. Where the utility, where the problem is with the raffling was those four. And the fact that one of the rarest ones got bought and then we bought back the other ones. And so to be honest, though, so this actually makes it even a more level playing field because now we're able to raffle those four out to all of the people that own it rather than that, you know, just that chance mint that you get that rare one. Now it's going to be based off of you owning one and raffling it out. And then you getting that, that utility that's assigned to those rare runs, which is the trip to hang out and wake up at 245 with CJB and fast all day and do three work. No, I'm just kidding. And, do two ice workouts, go to and, that's, and that's why I asked the question, because I think that's really important for people that didn't understand that, that it doesn't really matter that you can see what it is. Right. Because it's all good in the end. So that's why I wanted to kind of yeah, the point other that thing out too, to the community. No, absolutely, Gonzo. Thank you for bringing that up. The other thing is, is that because there's a gamification piece, um, you you can, you'll, you'll still buy it and get the gamification as it comes out in an understanding. And we'll work to make sure that there is, for the most part, the equality as the way that the gamification works too. So like, like Gonzo was saying, and like I'm trying to, 
come across and hopefully I am, is that it, whether you see them or not doesn't matter because mo the utility in the raffling system was based off of the tier, um, but you will still be able to see your cards and to view them and see what the attributes were with them. Um, and we'll give more of that more of that as we find out inside of Discord. So again, the best place to be is inside of Discord. If you are in Mighty Networks or a part of the Warrior Academy and you are unable to, to um, you know, maybe you're not comfortable with Discord, I encourage you to learn Discord. If not, we'll be posting all this stuff inside of the Warrior Academy, not only in the crypto group channel, but also in the for everybody to view them as we get more information on what's going on. So awesome. Jeremy, uh, I have a question um, just really quick, and this might be helpful as well. And I don't know if you know, um, but when you go on there and you, you pick one, whichever one, um, it says to make an offer. Does that, do you, does anyone just put in a random price or is there a certain offer that you have to make for the transaction to go through? That is a great question, Jackie, and I will be answering that in our Discord chat as I verify okay. with Collecti on that for us. I just wasn't sure um, if if we had an answer to that yet, um, but we will get that to you guys. If you are in Mighty Networks, if you are in our Discord, we're working behind the scenes. I don't know if you saw my face so blank throughout all of this. I've, I've been kind of reading messages, working behind the scenes to to try and figure that information out for you guys. So, so we will get it to you. Don't worry. Um, but yes. And thank you. Uh, we also want to say thank you for your patience and your, your continued loyalty to us. We absolutely love you guys. Jeremy, there's, you a so question here. Oh, there's a question here from the audience. Can you add function after the fact? That part, I'm not hundred percent sure what that means. Cause so like, if you, the white paper, the, the functionality or the utility of the NFTs come from the tiering system and how many you purchase. So if you're able to look up the white paper on xroyalty.io or inside of the Discord, again, everything's available in the Discord. That's why I keep trying to push people to that. Um, you can see what the white uh, paper and where the tiering system is and what utility goes with it. So that that's going to be irrelevant to the actual purchase of the NFT. The added functionality after that is there is a gamification and a card game essentially that goes along with the NFTs and it allows you to play people to earn more raffles to certain things as we unveil them throughout time. And so the, that also adds to a piece because of it originally being random, we can add to that through the functionality. Um, so um, for that part, the functionality comes from the amount that you purchase. Um, and then everybody's able to come to the virtual conference um, when they come out. And then everybody who owns one, we're working on a way. And then this hasn't been fully announced yet because we're still working on it. But I think it's fair to, to say that this now that we are doing it, that you will be able to see the Freedom Conference virtually by holding an NFT. So not only will you be able to see the Freedom Conference virtually by holding an NFT, you'll also be able to come to all of the virtual conferences by holding an NFT on top of that. So all virtual availability is on top uh, is available to people throughout uh, whenever we want to do them. And then we'll be adding people based off of the raffling. We'll be adding other types of events and utility based off of the raffling system. Some of them may be more pre premium and uh, in-person may, you know, be additional charges. But again, will be mixing and matching those into them because the purchasing of this buys you into the premier inside part of 3T Warrior Academy. That's cool. Yeah. All right. 
Very good. I think that's all the questions. It sounds like uh, somebody asked if it could still be bought in XRP. That's correct. That doesn't. Yeah, it's all still going to be bought in XRP. Uh, like until Jackie asked me that question, you should have been should be able to go on there and purchase the purchase it in for one thousand four hundred and forty four XRP is what you would need to purchase. Now, again, because it's pegged to XRP against the U.S. dollar, it might fluctuate a little bit from when it was which was originally going to go to mint but it will be available for you to purchase in XRP. You have to do it in an XRP because it connects to the Zoom wallet. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Is that everything? Are we wrap? Are we? I am good. You guys can. can I, oh, it's 10 o'clock. I'm sorry. I didn't know the time or 12 o'clock. No, that's okay. Are any remaining questions for Jeremy, guys? If not, we're going to roll into our next article because I think we should go into our Gary Gensler article. Crypto is the Wild West, Gary Gensler told the U.S. Army, using a play on words to move our backbone of our nation away from this asset class. Johnny Crypto is caught a little bit off guard. So please take the floor here, and then I'm going to pull up some remaining articles. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Well, first of all, so no question. Well, Gary calling, coming out and calling this thing the Wild Wild West here, um, you know, in terms of how he's managing this thing. The, the reality is, the reason why it's the Wild Wild West is he isn't working with anybody to kind of figure out what this is. Congress needs to work on and get this thing laid out. And until we get until we get some clarity, you know, you're always going to hear people in the regulatory agency say there's a Wild Wild West because of the ambiguity. But the reality is we know that's how the SEC makes its money. So very, very interesting for him to call that, call that out that way. Uh, the reality, Abs, is when we do get clarity – It'll make it a lot easier for the, and actually it's going to help, help the industry take off. Right. So that's what we're looking for. And that's what we want to see happen here. As that Thank happens. You, he's, yeah, you I mean, it. he, he's not wrong. Right. If you'd look at there's like what now it, there was 20,000 projects. I think it got up to 22,000 projects. So when he says 99% of them, maybe they're not scams, but 99% uh, of them are going to go away. Right. Especially when we get regulation They they can't all survive. Um, and so when you look at the numbers, um, he's not wrong. It's just the message, the way that he delivers it is wrong by like implying that all of crypto is a scam and that none of it has a use case. And that's very misleading because we know that the top projects, projects do have a, a use case. Uh, and there you, was Ron. a question. I'm sorry, Abs. There was a question that came up right here uh, in the chat where someone was asking about after the lawsuit resolves, can XRP go to 589? Uh, and my answer is going to be uh, no. Uh, you know, when they win the lawsuit, are we going to get price appreciation? Yes, we are. Like Johnny's talked about before, we probably go to some of those levels that we were before the lawsuit, a dollar, a dollar fifty. But the amount of money that would have to flow in uh, and blow up the total market cap to make it to five eighty nine is um, is is astronomical. So um, immediately after the lawsuit resolves, you're not going to see uh, it go to five eighty nine. No Johnny, way. we got to go rapid fire here. So be ready for these quick fire rounds. Bill Gates says that he poured water on crypto and Web3. He's most bullish on AI, but what he actually compared crypto to was the inception of the internet during the early 2000s. Gate has a famous quote from the early 2000s stating that people vastly overestimated what the internet would do in a five-year time span, but underestimated its potential after a 10-year time frame. And I think the same concept is what he's applying Bingo. to Bitcoin and crypto here. What are some of your thoughts? 100% agree. Could not. Where's my 100% sticker? I don't know where the hell went. 100% agree, Abs. That's exactly what's going to happen. We saw that. Every, you know, If you remember the chart we showed, Abs, we need to find that chart. We saw that in the beginning, right? If you look at the chart of just money, of speculation, of, of, of an asset, we saw that 
In the beginning, it's the highest. And that's the speculation period before the technology is even developed. Then it actually drops down and goes sideways and stays low while it's actually being developed. And then it takes off when it becomes reality or utility, right, Abs? So at the end of the day, he is 100% spot on. That's just human nature and behavior. We're always going to over-speculate because people want to make money off of other people's stupidity. Smart money wants to make money off of dumb money. What's the best way to do it? You do it off a of hype when nothing even is real because that's when people are the most excited and most willing to give you your money. And he is 100% dead spot on with that, that comment. Don't disagree with him at all there. You get leverage too, right? Like when you get yeah. a new asset class, regardless of what it is, you get people leveraging it and then that's how they get wrecked. Hey Gonzo, and I wanna come right to you on this article. The title of our video was JP Morgan is using Ethereum to launch a digital US dollar. Here's what that means for blockchain. Now this is an article from 2019 talking about how the new payment rails for the future of finance have arrived. And at the time they were stating that it is built on Ethereum. Now Gonzo, we talk about this every day, how this is not possible with the current model Ethereum has to handle global transactions. It'd just be too expensive. It wouldn't be an adequate solution. Why don't you expose the game here and just briefly address this article? Yeah, I mean, just the way that Ethereum is in its current form, it just can't handle it, right? That's why they went to proof of stake. That's why we believe that the layer two solutions are such a big deal, right? Because it allows Ethereum to scale and it's going to need that. But if you look at the recent upgrades that are coming out, like we're getting the Shanghai upgrade that's coming out in March where people are going to unstake their staked Ethereum. Um, I think that's going to it's going to be a narrative that's that's around that where you're going to have people that are going to feel more comfortable staking your Ethereum because now it can be unlocked. Because when you look at the total supply of Ethereum that's actually staked, it's very low compared to like the other blockchains like like ADA um, uh, and, and some of the other layer ones. I think it's only 13%. I think that number will rise. And then you've got other upgrades that I know we're running out of time, but we could talk about on a different show where they're going to bring um, something called um, it's called uh, account uh, abstraction, where it kind of changes or lays something on Ethereum to where it makes it where you don't need a private and public wallet. It combines it into one and it makes it so that if you lose your private keys, you can still recover your, uh, your wallet. There's other things that go into it, but uh, we could talk about it on a different show. Andrew Cashel, you asked for the development news, and I'm coming to you on this VeChain article. For any of our listeners out there, we got 268 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to go rapid fire for these last couple of minutes. So buckle up, Andrew Cashflow. VeChain just announced a super important election process to become the most decentralized blockchain in the industry. The VeChain Foundation announced plans to introduce a decentralized governance to its network as the foundation intends to hold a board steering committee election to choose which stakeholders will get decision-making power over this blockchain. So really briefly, I'd like to explain the VTHOR committee is currently working with VeChain. They're voting to create a governance group that's going to make the big decisions for this blockchain going forward. Now, what's exciting about that is every single person who holds VeChain has the opportunity to vote. I'd love to get some of your thoughts. What do you think about this decentralized platform, Andrew? Uh, absolutely okay. I mean, uh, what we want is decentralized authority and also decentralized voting i mean if you if you are a little bit used to the to the atom blockchain you see it everywhere you can vote on proposals you even get incentives if you you vote on proposals and i understand it's difficult for people to to do all the, these kind of things but and i hope uh, it will be a, a a useful process or at least an easy process in the future that you can uh, vote on stuff 
And that's because yeah, a lot of people still yeah keep their coins on, on an exchange. And yeah, you know, and then you cannot vote for, for nothing. So it's it's absolutely good development. And uh, yeah, by the way, I like uh, VeChain a lot as a, as a project because of the what what they are doing. So uh, yeah, good 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 developments in uh, in the direction that we like on uh, on decentralization. Thank you. And Andrew Cashflow, that's not even the most interesting article we got prepared for our listeners as AVAX Labs has partnered with Amazon Cloud, triggering an AVAX rally in the market. Amazon Web Services customers will be able to sign up for blockchain for Avalanche blockchain nodes to help support decentralized app development on Amazon Web Services. Now, this is a big deal because that means the Avalanche platform is getting exposed to more than 100,000 partners in 150 countries worldwide. Maybe we'll dive into this article more tomorrow, Gonzo, but I'd love to get your thoughts here. Only a couple of minutes. What do you think about Amazon Web Services choosing AVAX as the blockchain for their network? Um, I think it's a good partnership because it's different than some of the other ones, right? Like sometimes these blockchains will make an announcement where they're partnered with Google, but they're really not partnered. They're just paying Google to support one of their nodes, right? And so this one's a little bit different because AWS wants to get involved with Avalanche because of their their uh, the way they do their blockchain with subnets. Um, so I think it's it's a big deal, but not as a big deal as the like all that price appreciation that we got. Um, I think we're going to come down when people kind of realize what this means, right? Um, because it just means that AWS wants to use Avalanche's nodes, um, and 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 Avalanche isn't paying for that. They're kind of doing it themselves. Um, so it's good news, but it's not like where we should see this huge rally. That's just my opinion. Andrew, I know you're a huge advocate for Cosmos, but what do you think about Avalanche being chosen by Amazon Web Services? Is this a, is this a clue into the future that many of the most prominent companies on the planet are going to be moving away from Ethereum and into other layer one solutions? Um, yeah, actually, that's that, that's right. And, and I think Ethereum has a big risk at the moment in, in decentralization and decentralization based on making this decision-making process. Because if we go more and more to centralized holding of cryptocurrencies and, and, and centralized parties are doing that, but do we see there the central banks and central entities are doing that? If you don't vote, then uh, the central entity will vote. And I think Ethereum in the end, and you know, it is an excellent uh, vehicle to invest in, but in the end, Ethereum will end up in maybe the hands of three to six major centralized parties who will make decisions in the future. And we will see how that will, how that will end up in, uh, in how, 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 yeah, at least how, how the, the market will react on that. And maybe in another show, we can say more about it, but I see, I see that as a risk for, uh, for decision-making. Thank you, Andrew. And Johnny, I wanted to close it out with some brief comments on Charlie Gasparino talking about how Coinbase tells Fox Business it's developing a plan to survive the SEC's regulatory crackdown on digital assets by using broker dealers to trade coins registered as securities. This move comes as the SEC's case versus Ripple looms and an SEC win could force coins aside from Bitcoin to register as securities. We got 30 seconds here, Johnny. What do you think about that news? Damn straight, they better, because let me tell you, Gary already said in 2023, he's coming after exchanges, Abs. There is no question about it. It's the smartest thing every exchange could do is, is make sure you've got a way to, to classify your ability to sell securities because he's coming, and he's going to go after the big ones first. Don't be surprised if he comes after Coinbase, Binance, Kraken, 
trying to think who the fourth one. Why, why am I missing the fourth one? Damn, I can't remember the fourth one. Uh, Crypto.com? Crypto.com? Yeah, yeah, I mean, those four are going to – if I'm Geary, he's – at least the top two for sure. So very, very prudent and smart of Coinbase to do that, Abs, because they are in the targets of the Rattlesnake Weasel. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And we're going to close the show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Andrew Cashflow. Thank you to Jackie. And thank you to Super G Gonzo. We got 269 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Next week, we got Miss Teen Crypto joining the show on Wednesday. Going to talk some Bitcoin and Ethereum. Really excited for that. See you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, guys, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go.